Yeah, everyone's asking about the Mr. Irrelevant. And what I've got my sights set on is Mr. Irrelevant. When I first got it, you're thinking, man, they're Mr. Irrelevant. And I don't want to be that guy. Mr.'s Irrelevant, colon, on NFL podcast, uh, semi, colon, now the uh, subsetting, now part of Brooklyn Rebound podcast. I, I still got to figure out how to say this right, guys. Well, it's your boy, Pod Drew, a.k.a. Drew, over here. And uh, wait a minute, where's your other boy, Pod Nam, a.k.a. Enam? Oh, it looks like he has not decided to show up today. Uh, he's out of the country. I don't know. It doesn't show strong dedication like I do to delivering this hard-hitting NFL podcast. And this is hard-hitting. Look, we're going to talk X's. We're going to talk O's. We're going to break down formations. This is serious stuff, guys, as you as you would know if you listen. But apparently Podnam doesn't find it that serious, so he, he didn't show up. But luckily that gave me an opportunity to... Uh, do a little turnabout is fair play with Enam because uh, on our other pod, Brooklyn Rebound, a few episodes back, I was unable to attend. Look, I was homesick. What could I do? I couldn't drag myself into the headquarters here to do a podcast. Did Enam take the day off? He did not. He uh, committed heinous poddaltry against me, brought in another guest, and now it's, it's time to get him back for that, so I will be committing poddaltry on him today. And I do have... A new co-host. His name is Eric Tillman, a.k.a. your new boy. Eric, please introduce yourself to the podcast, even though I just kind of did that. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly it. It's your new boy, Eric Tillman. Uh, take over. We run in this rap shit. Can I curse on this? Oh, taking over? Sorry, what'd you say? Can I curse on this? You motherfucker, Eric. I bring I you on this podcast nicely the and you thing. start cursing. Yes, of course. I would say, on average... The Misters are Relevant colon an NFL podcast is 35 to 42% cursing each episode. Uh, when we're not breaking down hardcore X and O's, that type of thing. No, but uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is that you are, in fact, a Cowboys fan. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. Lifelong. Okay. And my normal co-host, Dinam, is also a Cowboys fan, so... I decided that I would just slide one in and make an easier transition for me. That's awesome. I have actually lived in Texas, which I, I, I just heard last week that Inam never did. Oh, and so you are a listener of the show. That's good. You know it. Always helps. Now, I was dog. I was going to ask you, why are you a Cowboys fan? Do you have a better excuse than Inam, who, uh, again, like you said, has never been to Texas? Well, we've heard the story, but if you've listened to the podcast, but... Basically, it had something to do with his brother being a Giants fan, and that's why he wanted to be a Cowboys fan. Pretty flimsy, in my opinion. So you live there. Is that when you picked up your allegiance to the team? Uh, yeah, so when I was a child, uh, like, before I had memories, the Cowboys were terrible, and then they got good, and my parents just were watching football, and the first game I remember is the 1996 Super Bowl against the Steelers, which we won. So, okay, that sealed it. That's one of my uh, earliest memories of football as well. That's particular Super Bowl 
do remember I was watching it with some of my relatives who are Steelers fans. Ooh. They weren't happy about that. At the time, I was a little young. I wasn't a hardcore Browns fan yet, so I didn't know to be happy at Steeler fan misery. But if that were to happen again, let's say this year, I think I would definitely be happy about it. And uh, I'm not saying I want to see a Cowboys-Steelers Super Bowl matchup. I really don't want to see that. But if it happens, you know I'm going to be on your side, Eric. Uh, what, what Super Bowl number are we on this year anyway? Do you know? Man, I do not. It's, it's got to be in the mid-40s. It's hard to keep up with these with all their weird Roman numerals. But, yeah, I was going to say maybe Super Bowl 49 will be Cowboys-Steelers, but it's probably wrong. Oh, and I just set it up that this is a hard-hitting podcast that knows everything about football. <laughs> now it's, already. it's already breaking down. Well, what else about yourself? So, what, what part of Texas were you living in there? Was it Dallas? Was it uh, Dallas South area? Corpus Christi, where all the people who were way older than me came to do crazy spring break things and I was in preschool. Okay, so how would that how would that transpire? You're in you're uh, playing with your Play-Doh there in preschool learning your alphabet, you look out the window and there's people rolling kegs down the street. Or That's actually going? basically literally true. There was uh, just this bonkers bar like right next to my daycare. It was... Well, that sounds pretty fun, I guess. Maybe confusing to a young child. So, Get a little weird. I'm still not complete like you know, I've not also not been to Texas, although I am planning a trip soon. Where is Corpus Christi in relation to Dallas? Um, it's south on the Gulf, and Dallas is sort of in the top middle. Okay, so not really close by then. Right? Not close, not close. I should have been a, an Oilers fan, but right because back Oilers. then there was the Oilers, uh, and then you moved on. Uh, you did not. Well, we're in New York now, obviously, but in between Texas and New York, where else have you lived? Uh, Arkansas. Okay, and now are they fans of the Cowboys in Arkansas typically? Do they care about NFL football? Arkansas is in a weird situation because it's sort of split between three states. So you've got, uh, when the Saints are doing well, you've got a bunch of Saints fans, you've got a bunch of Cowboys fans when and if we're doing well. And uh, some people are Rams fans, but they're never doing well, so. Okay, and they might be moving even further away from Arkansas. Yeah, that would sort of ruin it, yeah. That's old Los Angeles. All right, interesting, but it's more of a Razorbacks community, I'm assuming. Yeah, Razorbacks all day. All right, well, this is not a college football podcast. Never. Forget about it. That's not even a thing in our (laughs) minds. I don't even know what a Razorback, it's like a... It's a pig, don't worry about it. Okay. It's got... Tusks. Okay, is that where the razor part comes in? I'm picturing like a razor along the back. Yeah, they've sort of got like a porcupine spine. It's, It's absurd. Is that like a detriment... Or not a detriment, what do you call it? Is that a, uh, something when you're walking down the street in Arkansas and you got, have to avoid those? <laughs> Maybe in like the 1840s. Okay, so it's more of a historical thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Mississippi wants to put the Confederate flag as part of their state flag because of historical purposes. Uh, yeah, exactly Arkansas like that. It's, it's exactly to, uh, like put, put a Razorback pig on their flag. Is that on the flag of Arkansas? Probably not, right? The what? The, the, the Razorback? Pig, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. We did this other cool thing where our state flag is basically an inverted stars and bars and is never going to change and it's the worst. What does that mean, inverted? Like the, star, the, the stars are red and the bars are... Um, instead of being an, white, an X because white. we have no imagination and our state is known for diamond mines, it is a diamond. A diamond. What is the diamond? The star? The, the blue the blue cross blue. thing. Got it. Got it. Actually, I say I got it. I'm still very confused. I don't have a good picture of this in my head. Please draw it out for me. Uh, yeah, I got you. A little demonstration. 
All right, now this, now Eric, you're new to podcasting, I believe, but it's just for you and the listener. It's always great podcasting to uh, have something nonverbal on there, like a drawing that the listener at home can't see, but is only for me. Flex the imagination. Now, I don't think it's likely to happen anytime soon. You know, Los Angeles has to get two or three teams first, but let's say a team were to move to, to your home state there. What would be the name for it, you think? Uh, that's a tough one. I don't know. Honestly, like like I said, Arkansans have, like, no imagination, so I'm drawing a blank. Um, Wait, is that what they're called? Arkansans? Yeah, Arkansans. Confirmed. Okay. So I'm drawing a blank, but I can definitely see a situation where it'd be, like, one of those lame, we just take another cat out of the list, or name it just the Razorbacks. All right, well, I think the University of Arkansas might have a problem with the latter one there. I guess no one's, if you want a real boring name, like Wildcats usually comes up. I don't think any professional team ever use that, and usually it's more of a high school thing, but uh, I guess that could be an option. Uh, now, I think I had talked about uh, this with you privately on a previous occasion about Arkansas, and you said they're called Arkansans now, and you did deny that this was the case, but it had been my opinion, perhaps that's not the right word, it had been my theory that is the state named Arkansas, but it looks it's spelled like Arkansas. Is that because people from the territory of Kansas move there, and they're like, fuck this, this is our Kansas now. We don't, we don't like that other Kansas over there, our Kansas. And they didn't know how to spell it right, so they just, it was like A-R Kansas, but you told me that's not true, or is it? As a folktale, that is, that is imaginative and interesting, and what actually happened is it's just a different form of the word, the made that became our state name. Which word? Some Native American word. Got it. So maybe it was one... I mean, there's there's got to be some relation between these two states. They're close to each other, right? Are they bordering? Uh, they're not They're not necessarily they're not quite bordering, bordering, but they're... we got Oklahoma and Missouri sort of in between us. All right. So there's a couple states between, but still, they're so similar. they got to be derived from the same word. Now, of course, we don't want to talk too much football here. We're, we've been talking so much serious football already with all, this, with all this talk. I know I promised hardcore NFL talk, but I don't want to overwhelm the listener <laughs> with all of this, Eric. So we are going to do an NFC East preview. That's what I want to do because you are a Cowboys fan, so you might have some special insight into that particular division. But before we get to that, what, we need a better name for you on the pod here. You know, We got me, Podnam, we got normally did I call myself Podnam? You did, Identity Crisis. Oh, my God. He's, I miss him so much that I'm now starting to turn <laughs> to think that I'm him. No, sorry, you have myself, Padre. You have Podnam. When our other friend Joe comes on, he's the host Joe, the guest host. So that one's taken. What What are some good nicknames we can have for you? Because Eric is too normal, I'm sorry to tell you. Uninvited guest Steve? I don't know. You, uh, UGS? UG Steve, that, that could be it. Now, where, where is this Steve coming from? Uh, Steve's actually part of my name. Steve is part of your name. Yeah. Like your middle name? Uh, like my actual first name. Eric's my middle name. Eric's your middle name. Right. Wow. Learning new things every day. You have a middle name, but you act like that's your first name. And then the Steve comes out of now. Is it Steven? Probably it's Steven. Steven, right? No one just goes Steve. Maybe they did, and that's Almost why I like, forget that. I want Eric. What other nicknames? Do you have any nicknames growing up that are cool? None that are cool. Uh, Some ones that aren't very cool. <laughs> Some that I'm not going to pin to myself at this juncture. All right. So, well, hmm. I think, you know, your name's 
Eric obviously starts with an E. Well, we found out it's your middle name, but uh, regardless. E, now your last name's Tillman. E, Tillman. And I, so M-A-N is the ending there, which that the other way is N-A-M, right? Oh, God. E, so I think, I kind of want to call you E-Nam. <laughs> that just makes Full the most circle. sense to me. It feels right to me. It does. I'm going to call you E-Nam. Uh, I don't think there's any problem with that. So, uh, yeah, it'll just be easy. All right, so Enam, why don't you hit me with some breaking news items? Breaking news. So, the Ravens, I don't know, related to the whole deflate gate kerfuffle, the Ravens were said to have tipped off the Colts because they were buttered about how badly they lost to the Saints, or not the Saints, the Patriots. They tipped off, so post-game they tipped off the whole investigation. Which right, we already right. knew, right? But Yeah, they have uh, once again come out to say, hey, no, we didn't do that. Which, as we Other all know, that. NFL teams are 100% reliable when it comes to truth-telling. Especially They're, after they take a bad loss. Oh, They're you know. Very open to that sort of thing. What do you think, Yee-Nam? They're, uh, they're lying, right? I, I like. I almost want to certainly believe that they're lying. I know. I know you probably got beef with the Ravens. I've never been a fan of the Ravens. I don't like. Yes. I don't like their well, uniforms. The former Browns, you know. Yeah, thing. it's got to be rough. Well, we've talked about it many times. We won't get into it, but yeah, I I believe that they're lying. Uh, just seems just seems like a, a cool, a, a too convenient for them not to have been involved, especially because the uh, Indianapolis Colts famously lost that game. Uh, because they couldn't defend against the run, so why would it make any sense that they had discovered that the footballs were deflated, uh, which would affect passing? I don't know. think. I mean, I guess one is there an advantage to having it carrying a deflated football in the run game? Maybe, maybe it's you can squeeze through it easier, hold on to it easier, harder to pop out, perhaps. Uh, I can see that happening, but I want to resist that. Uh, I don't know why. Gut reaction. Okay, well, that's what you're here for, uh, E Nam, your gut reaction. That's what we want. So, all right, well, while well, that story's still unfolding, I guess at this point, we talked about it last episode, I believe, but Brady might be, we were saying, is he going to play or not? Do you think he'll somehow get out of that suspension, even though the, the NFL upheld it through a different a federal court or something? But then it seemed to come out that he's not going to fight it. Who know? I think that it's going... I think the last Saturday was still going to court, uh, so what's happening, uh, a lot of people have guessed anyway that Roger Goodell actually waited until the last possible second to, to do his part in the appeal so that when it, be, when it went to an actual court, it would be too late for Brady to actually play in the games that he was already suspended for, so they may, may as well just drop it. I don't know if they're going to go through with it. I, I guess that makes sense. I would, certainly wouldn't put it past Goodell there. All right, thank we'll, you. we'll uh, deal with that uh, as, as more events come out, but... Ian, why don't you hit me with another hot breaking news item? Hot breaking news item. Uh, that's about all I got, dog. There's nothing happening today. Oh, Enam, this is very disappointing. Normally, Enam, Podnam, he's able to. I don't know where he. I don't know where he gets these sources from. He's able to get all these news items out. Well, it's all right. It's your first time on the pod. I won't hold it too much against you. I, don't I mean, I am holding it somewhat against you, but not too I much. Understand. So, should we just jump right on into the uh, NFC East preseason breakdown? Now, I did say on the last pod, we are still going to do a, a general AFC preview. 
a general NFC preview. Me and Padnam will be doing that, but we can start now looking at some individual divisions and the NFC East. Obviously, like I said, you're, that's what you care about a lot because your team plays in it. I'm assuming. In general, it's a pretty interesting division. Also, the the team uh, that's in the city we live in now, New York Giants. Uh, they're yeah. the most popular team, would you say, uh, in the city? Yeah, yeah, more Giants fans, more, Giants fans. more than the Jets. I wonder why that could ever be the case. But <laughs> so that that holds something for us too. We hear about them a lot. So it's an interesting uh, division. A lot of characters in there. I don't know where we want to start. Do you want to start with your boys, or do you want to finish with your boys? I'll, I'll leave it up to you. Uh, let's start with the uh, defending NFC East champions, uh, my my Dallas Cowboys. We All right, so there. they were a bit of a surprise, at least to me, preseason last year when I was doing the NFC East preview. I uh, had not picked them. I'm sorry to tell you, I did not think that they were going to win the division. In fact, I pointed to certain reasons, like I thought they'd have a really terrible defense. Ah. I'm trying to think what else I, I pointed to. I think it was most of the defense, but I didn't think... I was like Des Bryant, you know, and Tony Romo was decent, but I just didn't think they would be winning the division. I believe I want to say I picked Chip Kelly's boys, who ended up finishing second. Now, this year, will it be different, having seen that they went to the playoffs, won the division? They might have got screwed in certain calls here and there in the playoffs. Who's the catch? <laughs> Being a Cowboys fan, I'm sure you don't think that was a catch or anything, but it sounds like you do think that. I'm shocked. But this year, are they going to be even better? Are they going to be worse? Status quo? Let's get into it. I did I did see, like, so who, who's coming? Uh, well, who left? Let's start with who left the team. DeMarco Murray. Right Big ticket that. A number one. Uh, offensive player of the year, DeMarco Murray, is gone and playing for a rival. Uh, so no no hard feelings. Get your money. Yeah, when we talk about Philly, we'll bring him back up, I suppose. That's where he went, right? Yeah, he's gone. We replaced him with Darren McFadden, run DMC. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that's going to be a bit of a downgrade right off the bat there. A little bit. He he does have those 115-yard games where he busts off a 60-yard touchdown and then pulls his hamstring and you don't see him for the rest of the day yeah, he's, for he's, this season. He's pulling a lot of stuff. He gets hurt a lot. Now, previous to last year, DeMarco Murray had always been getting hurt a lot as well. Yeah. He was able to, to keep it together this year. Maybe Fadden will. No, they still have that um, Joseph Randall, right? The, uh, we yeah, got a lot, Joseph, a lot of small sample size Randall, we got him too. Yeah, that's small sample size could be one nickname. Uh, <laughs> a shoplifter could be another. <laughs> uh, department store Randall. So, we, uh, yeah, we brought him up last year for that reason primarily, but now it seems like he may be the feature back. Do you think that will be the case, or what do you think there? I think he's probably going to get the starting job from uh, McFadden. McFadden's sort of old and busted at this point. And Randall, um, I think it was Broadus, one of the one of the reporters who covers the Cowboys, said that like he's honestly believes that Joseph Randall is faster than Demarco Murray. Uh, he may not have the same the same kind of tackle breaking ability. But the question is now is that all? Is that really all for running backs? There, there's no no one else we're forgetting that could be him. There are two guys whose names that I don't remember. A couple of camp guys, probably. But the question I have is, is it really the offensive line, the rejuvenated Cowboys offensive line, that was probably the best line in football last year? Is that the real reason that running backs are able to have, like Murray last year, are able to have all the success? What do you think? So Murray's great. I uh, his His whole time in Dallas, I was just watching him bowl over linebackers 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. But the answer to your question is yes. Uh, I believe the way we have, as far as 
young lines a, among a sample of lines that are young. I believe that we have the best one. They also brought in Lael Collins, so he he was supposed to be like a high draft pick. Then some things happened outside of football. No one drafted him. The Cowboys, I believe, picked him up as a free agent, right? Yeah. So and he's a lineman, obviously. And was projected to be a top lineman in the draft. Now they're adding him into the mix potentially to to start or or maybe come off the bench. I guess since they already have a pretty solidified line here. I think the depth chart hasn't uh, hasn't made probably hasn't over come McKenzie out yet. But oh, it has him. It does have him starting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I and mean, it would make sense if he's like a first round talent to start. But it seems like also when we'll get into it. But they also drafted Randy Gregory, right? He fell pretty far because of off-the-field issues. And they brought in Greg Hardy of throwing uh, his wife or girlfriend or whatever on top of a pile of guns fame. Yes. So it seems like the Cowboys are bringing in these sort of guys. They are taking some risks here um, with some potentially questionable character guys. Now, with the Collins thing, I never really completely understood. Like, it's... He was questioned by police and then they... He was not a suspect in this case or anything, but it still seemed to take him out of the draft. So I don't know if that's the whole story. And the Randy Gregory wasn't, I guess, any criminal type of things, but he was just, like, uh, smoking a lot of weed, right, showing right. up late to team meetings. Like, didn't seem like seem like a bit of a head case. Um, Jerry Jones just loves those those head cases. We, uh, he, he started the Adam Jones Reclamation Project a while ago. That's true. Well, Pac, uh, don't call me Pac-Man Jones. Now, but last year, what I was bringing all this up is, A, it's interesting to bring these guys in, but B, last year they seemed like Jerry Jones stayed away from this sort of thing. For example, he had the chance to draft Manziel, as many people thought he would. Oh. Then he went with a lineman. So, and as far as I can recall, they didn't take any of these questionable guys last year, unless I'm forgetting it or yeah I, I, really don't, I don't really don't remember anybody uh Rolando McLean who's sort of who had sort of washed out with I think the Raiders and then definitely the Ravens uh we, we did pick him up and he was actually sort of a staple on the defense in the Sean Lee role as everyone probably knows Sean Lee plays six games a year and then breaks his shoulder and he didn't play any last year no, he didn't play at all but he is training camp. healthy right now right? he's back he's back so that would be another step in the right direction of their defense that ended up playing I think Sean Lee is one of the reasons I said, yeah, their defense will be horrible because we knew he was out early in training camp last year, and then they turned it around. But before we get to the defense, do you think that they had this good year, obviously not just because they didn't take any of these guys, but do you think bringing in guys like this now will help push them even over the top, or do you think this could be part of a slide back to losing more games because of things like this. Yeah, so as a Browns fan, you sort of know what torment is like, not to, not to rub any salt on any wounds. Although the wounds are already <laughs> quite full of salt. They you can't really it. fit any more in there. So so being a Cowboys fan, every season you're, you start thinking that you're going to be the Packers and then you end up being the Bengals and it's, it's just the worst feeling in the world. So I think last year everyone expected the Cowboys to do poorly and I was ready for us to do poorly, and then every game it was like, okay, when, when are we going to blow this? When are we going to blow this? And we never did. I think this year with expectations high, we probably see some regression. Okay. And you think that will come in the form of one of these guys causing some trouble, uh, hurting team chemistry, anything like that? Or different reasons? Uh, maybe not so much like incident-based uh, damage to the chemistry, but definitely just like as a general sort of air 
around the camp, uh, the, the culture that we're going to have this year, we're going to be expecting to do well, and it's not going to happen. So, you, all right, so you're in the pessimistic fan mindset, as I think you probably should be as a Cowboys yeah. fan. That Every year. It's going to, you know, the, uh, what's a good metaphor for this? The, uh, let's see, good, solid football metaphor for just getting uh, punched in the nuts. Uh, Charlie Brown with the football. Oh, that's a classic one right there. So, last year, I guess, Charlie Brown was able to kick a football. Yeah, someone was subbing for Lucy. We had Lucy a good place. Lucy The laces were in. <laughs> but now it's back. Wait a minute. Maybe, do you think Sean Lee is really uh, Lucy in disguise as a, as a linebacker? <laughs> and Sean got, got taken out last year, so Charlie Brown was able to kick the football. Now, he slash she is back. Just take it away. That would be sad. Yeah, it's going to be the worst. Well, getting back to the defense then, I guess a big part of why of their great defensive play, everyone was thinking it was Rod Marinelli. They brought him as the coordinator last year, obviously back this year. And because they had guys that weren't like quote-unquote blue-chip players or things like that, and one of their stars was out, uh, but they still played well, uh, reasonably well, certainly enough to keep them in games and, and win the games. How much credit do you give uh, uh, Marinelli? Marinelli uh, gets a bunch of the credit because before last season, like, did anyone know who Tyrone Crawford, Jack Crawford, any of those guys were? I thought Jack Crawford was a character on the show Hannibal. <laughs> he might be. That's portrayed by Lawrence Fishburne. He, is he might as well show. be Lawrence Fishburne out there. So you're giving him this credit. Yeah, I think we were able to... People couldn't run on us as well as they maybe should have. Like, they definitely could, but... Uh, I think you, you saw a lot of teams who should have just been been getting 150 yards uh, combined, rushing and um, really rolling over us, getting being like timely stops and uh, those turnovers. Uh, we can we can definitely we can definitely say that that was uh, maybe a fluke, but uh, to chalk it up to culture, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily disagree. Okay. And do you have any more insight of being a Cowboys fan as to what he was doing specifically? Like how he was able to get this done? I don't like Rod Marinelli is sort of a magician and I wanna keep I wanna keep it a secret. I don't wanna know what his tricks are. I haven't done any See, of the research. He seems like a guy that is only good as a coordinator. Like there are guys like that because he was like the Lions coach for a while, right? That they was were obviously sort of a disaster. Yeah, terrible. Was he the coach when they went 0 sixteen or was that Linehan, someone Ooh, else? I can't remember. It might have been Marinelli who was on 16, um, but either way, did not prove to be a good head coach, but he seems to be a great D coordinator, so that's where he belongs. So hopefully for you, uh, for your yeah. sake, they'll be able to keep him there. However, I doubt it. I mean, if he has another couple good years like that, someone else will probably give him another look at head coach. But, uh, well, all right, let's get to a prediction. What do you think the record is going to be, considering you do think they're going to take some regression here? I think even with that, we can get to, I mean, at bare minimum, 9-7. and seven. I believe we can get to 10-6, and six, where our schedule is sort of brutal at the beginning. But then we do have five five games where the only team we play that, that would worry anyone is the Packers. Um, that said, I think even at 10-6, and six, I, I have us missing the playoffs. Hmm. Okay, interesting. I'm not going to make my predictions yet on each of these teams, at least until we're talking about finish talking about all of them but let's move on to let's move on to Philadelphia then the team I thought would win the division last year ended up finishing second missing the playoffs they've lost well they brought in Murray as you said they brought in Bradford 
Chip Kelly's making all types of weird moves or seemingly weird moves. They they uh, cut uh, or they traded uh, Shady McCoy for Kiko Alonso, who's a player I like, but it still seems like a little weird. Alonso's another guy I missed all of last season with an injury, but he had a good uh, rookie season. They brought in Tim Tebow. They got Tebow a lot of quarterback-shaped people. Yeah. Is Tim Tebow quarterback-shaped? I wouldn't... Uh, yeah, Tim Tebow's sort of halfback-shaped. Mm-hmm. Fullback-shaped. I guess. There, there's like there's probably like a Tim Tebow in children's book, like coloring book or something, where you I cut him out. <laughs> they have a praying pose. They have his uh, kneeling. They have his uh, throwing a, a five-yard pass pose. Oh, they, they got rid of Nick Foles. They did bring in Sam Bradford. They still have Sanchez, right? Yeah, yeah. What What are we to assume that Chip Kelly is up to here, at least especially in terms of quarterback? So, uh, from what, I was, what I've been reading, it looks like they are going to try and start Bradford this year. I don't know. But he's like, he's a regular old Sean Lee uh, yeah. slash... Uh, McFadden slash whoever else. So he's all. He's never even completed a full. He season. He is not completed a full right? season. Uh, he may have played like fifteen games, but um, and like uh, Kiko Alonso last year and Sean Lee last year, he got hurt in the preseason. Actually, against my Browns in a preseason game, and was out the whole year. So he didn't play at all last year. I think it's safe to assume he'll probably get injured again. So, with that being said, can Mark Sanchez make the playoffs for them? Is he in? I've never thought he was a very good quarterback, but do they have enough around him for him to be successful? Is Tebow going to actually do anything at quarterback? Is he even going to make the team? What do you think? <laughs> at this point, I assume I assume that nothing's going to happen with Tebow. Tebow's, Tebow's there to keep getting chances because that's what ESPN does for him. Not not to say that there's any sort of collusion between ESPN and any, any and team. And Chef Kelly, then, it would seem like it would have to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Sanchez probably so, – so Sanchez isn't a great quarterback, but looking at that team, their defense is, looks at least average enough. And for a Chip Kelly team with the, the sort of up-tempo offense, they've got those two young receivers. They've got – Oh, they also lost Jeremy Macklin. They did have that number one receiver. I, we, saw, we saw a little bit out of Jordan Matthews. Um, I like Jordan Matthews, actually. Yeah, I think he – there's a lot of good uh, rookie wide receivers last year. we got to see if some of them hit the – so-called sophomore slump, but I do like uh, Jordan Matthews. Did they bring in an... Uh, oh, they got a... They drafted the yeah, right? yeah, yeah, So they got him. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, I believe is his name. Yes. They got him. So they have it. that's going to be the USC connection if it does have to be Sanchez. Although they didn't, obviously didn't play together. Yeah, but, they wouldn't have. But I don't know. I mean, this is questionable to me. Given that Sam Bradford uh, does, if let's say by miracle, he is able to complete the whole season, I think he's decent. He should be able to do what Kelly wants here, move the offense. But since I don't think that's going to happen, I, I'm starting to get skeptical about this team. But what are you going to say? I was going to say, in a Chip Kelly offense, like from what we've seen, he's he's supposed to be this genius, and he runs the, the, the up-tempo offense. And a lot of what he asks the quarterback to do is hit a huge receiver who's open seven yards away um, in a little bit of space and then can then can try to make something happen with it. I think at, at bare minimum, those two quarterbacks, uh, whether it's Bradford or Sanchez, they're competent enough to run this team. This is actually the team in the East that I'm worried about just because with that okay. defense in the 
average range and that offense with the way it's constructed. I, I'm worried. And they do have those big guys, those big receivers, like the, the two young guys you said, that, that uh, Zach Ertz, that tight end, is a yeah, big guy, yeah, yeah. more of a receiver than a tight end type of guy. So they do have those guys to throw to. Uh, I guess, what do you think DeMarco Murray is going to do without the great line that he had last year? I think Philly's line is decent, right? Sneaky but it's, decent, um, yeah. Is his production going to drop off? I think a lot of the drop-off in McCoy's production last year can be attributed to it, not, not the line itself, but sort of injuries along that line uh, in the last couple of years, sort of inconsistency in just who's playing what spot. I think it was probably a mistake for them to jump off of him, although you did get the return with uh, Alonso. DeMarco, he's not the same sort of runner as McCoy is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he doesn't need the space. He, he's more downhill. He's, he's sneaky, but he's not shady. Hold not their shady, dudes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If uh, they can hold their dudes away from him, he should be fine. And, and of course, they still have. Well, we said they brought in Matthews, and they still have uh, Darren Sproles, right? So they have a Sproles. They have a pretty good mix of different type of style running backs in there. So Chip Kelly, um, going back to him, how racist is he on a scale of let's say Paula Dean to? Uh, Mother Teresa, where are you putting Chip Kelly on the, on the racism? Uh, to take off my, my troll Cowboys fan hat, I, I'm not sure Chip Kelly knows that he's a racist, so it's not that bad. It's it's like a dude who just says the wrong thing over and over again, and you, you, you want to tell him. So you what? think he is, but he's just doesn't uh, realize kind of like a child or something says the wrong thing they don't know what they're saying right right I think because he thinks he's not it's not a biggest deal as if he had like overt feelings of like racial hatred okay but do you think there is something there because these players have been God. saying things I don't know alright so that's your hot take E hot um, take uh, Chip Kelly is a child that's basically what you said <laughs> yes that's exactly what I said oh Hate from the Cowboys fan. No, well, yeah, there must be something there. Like he doesn't like certain guys. Maybe these guys happen to be African Americans. They have a certain type of attitude or something that he doesn't like, and he's getting them off the team. But I don't think you could say he's completely hates black people or something like. Of still, you couldn't be in the NFL wouldn't wouldn't work out. And obviously, a lot of his coaches are um, black and things like that. But that he hired himself, but. Not to say that you couldn't hire someone and still be racist, but uh, I don't know. It's interesting, though, to me. Do you think there's anything like players are just, some of these guys are just upset about being cut or traded away, feeling like they're not wanted there, and so they say things like this, or they attribute it to some type of... I think that that's, that's probably like in a situation like this where someone gets cut, whatever they say should probably be taken with a grain of salt, but for... like. For so many dudes to come out and say, like, I didn't like me, and uh, I think I know why. So, okay. Now, something else about Kelly. He's obviously the college guy. Had huge success in college. Everyone thought he was going to be great out of the bat because of his scheme. Or like, most people I heard talking about it uh, thought he would. And for the most part, he had a pretty good r- uh, rookie campaign there. But do you think that because he came from like at least in my opinion, normally college coaches don't do that well in the NFL part of the reason is because they have these attitudes toward players like they want they're more um, like a Butch Davis type of guy or guys like that or a uh, Nick Saban type of guy sure sure uh, who had even less success than Davis in the NFL 
they're like really hardcore and want their players to do this and that. Uh, very, um, they have like certain strict rules. Uh, Super which, demanding. Yeah, or or certain things like you could do with a college player, but you can't do with like a, an adult or a, someone who's getting paid for the game. Right. But that doesn't really seem to be the case with Kelly, but. No, Kelly sort of seems like a buddy coach, like closer to Pete Carroll, who who moved from college right. and had success. And who is successful now? Oh, yeah. his first time around, he didn't really have as much success, but now he is. Um, but right with Carroll, definitely a player type of coach. So maybe maybe that's the difference there. It's not that uh, college coaches can't do it, but it's a certain style that they have. Um, all right. Well, what do you think? Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about the Eagles here? I think I'm pretty. Good on the Eagles. So, do you think that um, they're going to have a, a better record than your nine? You said nine and seven for the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think for the the Eagles? I think this is the team that I'm worried about in the East taking our playoff spot away. I'm uh, definitely predicting for them to win the the conference, which would need to take at least ten games. Division. I assume probably eleven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe like a ten and six, eleven and five type of deal. Maybe a ten and six with a tiebreaker. All right. Who who are the Cowboys playing opening? Uh, uh, the New York Football Giants. Oh well, that's a great segue then. Got I didn't it. know that was the case, but good segue to talk about those Giants. Thank you for saying Football Giants because yeah. we don't want anyone to get confused that it's the New York Baseball Giants that right, were a right. team back in you know the forties or or the Ice Giants out here north of the wall. Oh, yeah. Well, there's. I don't think they have enough of them left, unfortunately, to field a, uh, a roster. Certainly, I don't think they could. Injury. I don't think they could even field 11 players on the field, even if they were going to all go both ways. But maybe someone could pick that, one of them up as, a, uh, I don't know, a kicker turner. I don't see how you're going to bring him down. Yeah, no, he's, he's invincible. That's who, you play, that's who you replace Murray with. Oh, that would have been smart. I mean, uh, come on, Jerry Jones. Why didn't you think of that? Anyway, we're talking about the football giants, so let's see. Last year they finished pretty poorly, although not the worst in the division. I think I predicted that. So they finished like 6-10, and 10, I believe. Yeah, I think um, so. They kind of turned it around. They started off really, really bad, and they kind of turned it around a little bit at the end, got a couple wins. Their offense picked it up, especially with the emergence of Odell Beckham Jr., who was a rookie last year. God, he's so good. He is. Do you think he's going to hit any sophomore slump? Uh, did they put him on the cover of Madden? I believe they did. That's, a, they that's just such to. a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, if I was him, I'd be like, come, I'm sure he gets paid a lot for it or whatever, yeah. but I'd be like, come on now. Like at this point, the Madden curse is an empirical fact. All right, so let's not even say, how um, is he going to get cursed? Obviously, he is. How do you think that curse is going to transpire? I'm still comfortable, like, saying that he's going to do well. I think it'd be more of a Calvin Johnson slump year uh, curse. Not not, the, not to say that their numbers are going to be the same, but he's still going to make the highlights. He's still, uh, people know. Maybe a one-finger catch this year. One, against one the Cowboys old. In, in Cowboys Stadium. He's definitely doing that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's going to be fine. I don't think he's going to be such, uh, like, day-in, day-out spectacular uh, threat. Although Victor Cruz is back, so people can't just key in on him. I don't know. All right, so as far as Madden curses go, just having a bit of a regression year, that's like the high end of the curse. That You're lucky if that's all that happens. Yeah. Uh, you're not predicting any uh, catastrophic injury, any uh, weird other thing. Uh, even though I hate the Giants, I would not wish that on Odell Beckham. I want to see him play every every week. I, 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 don't, I don't see it happening also. 
Pirates. So there's not going to be anything weird like uh, he's he misses the team flight down to Dallas. He has to take a bus or a, a car or a separate flight. Oh, the flight crashes. He escapes. Uh, you know, the plane blows up behind him. He gets he hitchhikes a ride. Uh, he ends up wandering around Arkansas during the big Giants Cowboys game. Yo, if he, that's if not he gonna ends happen. up wandering around he's Arkansas, like, he's not, not gonna have that game. <laughs> See. See, that's the kind of curse. I don't want him to get cursed. I actually like him, but and I, I like the Giants okay. I guess if I had to root for a team in this division, it would probably be them. But I want to see a crazy curse like that. Yeah. Something yeah. not run of the mill. It would be weird if you had to like take a bus to like Seattle. Uh, yeah, that's that's a long bus ride, and no, that's not going to be fun. You got, I mean, you can't plug your, charge your phone. Yeah, you no, do. It's, it's over. All right, well, the, the Giants... Now they have Steve Spagnuolo back for his second round as defensive coordinator there. Architect of the Patriots uh, Super Bowl defense. That's interesting. They brought in uh, another former Patriot associate in Shane Vereen. I believe it was the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, No, I guess it was Tom Brady, right? I think Tom Brady was probably the MVP. He was the official one. But Shane Vereen was like... He got like four passes on the last touchdown drive. Yeah, he... uh, Offensively, he like won the game for them. Obviously, yeah. also, they had the butler making that defensive play at the end there, but Shane Vereen was, like, the guy in the Super Bowl, put, putting up all his yards, catching all the passes, so he should be good for them, I would assume, on upgrades to whatever they had last year. I mean, they were running out the likes of former Madden, should never have been on the cover of Madden to begin with, but former Madden, Kersey, Peyton Hillis, yeah. they were running him out last year. I think they were running, pu- pushing out the corpse of Brandon Jacobs last year, I believe. Rashad so. Jennings was, was there for a while. And, and he was hurt. He's decent as well. Is he still on the team? I'm not yeah, sure. yeah, he's back. All right, so he'll probably, they'll probably be the guys. I mean, Vereen's more of a third down back, I guess, a pass catching back. Uh, they brought in a, uh, they drafted Eric Flowers as a good-looking rookie lineman, or at least everyone thinks he'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, they lost Kiwanuka and Charles Roll. Some of the guys who've been on the team for a while are now uh, Will Beatty. They're all out. Um, what are we thinking? Will the Giants improve on their six and ten record this year? Well, you skipped a big piece of news. Which uh, well, you're the one supposed to be doing this hot-breaking news. Come on, I got hot-breaking news. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, to quote Giants GM John Mara, I don't know how many fingers he has. It's just not a good look. That's interesting because we actually had JPP himself on, and you said you're a fan of the show, and you listened to it. So you would have heard the interview we had with him a couple weeks ago where he did have to leave. um, When he came in, he said he had not lost any fingers, but then his finger did start dangling off while he was talking to us and that photographer we had on. And he did actually leave the podcast studio here. I think he must have went straight to the hospital and got that thing amputated. So we haven't checked in on him since. Hopefully we'll get him back on. But, yeah, it doesn't seem to be a a great situation there. Neither of the Giants, they have not heard from him since the accident, I think. Uh, They sent, like, a delegation of players to meet with him, and they were not allowed to meet with him. So that worries me. I think he wants a longer contract, and they want to know how many fingers he has. So there's the... uh, a roadblock there. Now, he did have an explanation for why he turned away the the Giants people and Mara and all of them. I'm trying to remember what it was. I think he said he was having some type of firework flashback where he oh, 
he mistook John Mara for one of the fireworks that blew up on him. Easy to do. It's kind of like a, a Vietnam flashback type of deal. So, uh, you know, I'm just trying to help out my boy JPP here and make him look better than he's looking. Yeah, you got to there, There's some type of excuse for it. Now, what do you think? How, how is that being, let's say he does end up playing contract aside and all of that, being short a finger, how is that going to affect his play on the field? Losing a finger, never a good look. Um, also, like the last two years, he's not been the player that he was that that uh, that first season uh, when he was just wrecking everybody. Super Bowl season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know what to expect from him, uh, and I don't know that it's going to be great if even if he plays. Like you can make a tackle with nine fingers, right? I mean, you can make a tackle, uh, but I know those linemen are always like pushing off of each other, right. grabbing onto each other. Like it, it, he needs to, to swim around, yeah, yeah, pull yeah. around them. Yeah, it's gotta be. It's it gotta be interesting. There was another player that lost some fingers, a, a much less um, well-known player on the box, but who lost fingers as well. This Oof. you gotta be careful with these fireworks, guys. Come on. Well, so. I do think that the Giants will be a bit better this year. They um, gotta be, don't they? I would say they're at least gonna be five hundred, if not maybe a nine and seven type of season. I just think their offense is gonna be be looking pretty good. If Eli plays like he did, he turned it around last year. It was he got help from ODB, obviously. Uh, like you mentioned before, Victor Cruz back. I like Shane Green, so I feel like their offense should be even better than last year, and that should keep them in a lot of games here, even if their D is still a bit middling. Um, do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I think they'll definitely be better. I don't I don't see them pushing into that Cowboys and Eagles fight for the top spot, but they'll definitely be better. It's a, it, it's, it's a hopeful season for Giants fans, for sure. All right, so we'll, we'll t- I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about the Giants as the year goes on, but... Let's finish up the NFC East preview. Let's let's take a little trip down to the basement, uh, Ian. Down to the basement, Washington uh, professional football team. Yeah. Now, now before we get into them, let, let's talk about it. So last year, Podnam instituted a rule. He didn't want to use the derogatory term Redskins, even though that is the team name. He even uh, made a bucket uh, where we had to, if anyone said the name, the, the term Redskins, you had to put a dollar in there. As it turns out, he had to put the most dollars in because he <laughs> kept mistakenly saying it. But we decided though we'll give him a new name. I came up with the Bullets. I said that Bullets. that's a cool name. The basketball team in Washington's not using it anymore. I'm with that. Let's just call them the Washington Bullets. But what I was gonna say is, should we? That was the 2014 uh, nickname. It's 2015 now. Times have changed. Should we uh, amend the nickname once again, or should we stick with Bullets? What do you think? I think we can at least try. What do you got on your mind? Oh, I don't. I was. Uh, I was just going to ask you. I mean, I, I'm not going to sure, make sure. anything official without Padnam here, but uh, just see if you could give me some uh, ideas for what else they might be called. Definitely. My my favorite suggestion. Something I've uh, picked up sort of on the internet. Uh, people are sort of jokingly referring to them as the Washington Gridlock, which doesn't have much to do with the team, but it's hilarious. The Gridlock. You know, like like politics. You said people are making jokes on this here or not? Jokes. Yeah. Up in the Twitters. I was a thing. Okay, so so like politics, right? So like uh, I can't get anything passed because the right, right, right. Republicans and Democrats don't like each other. They block shit. Now the only thing I problem I have with that is personally I'm not a fan of the team names that don't end up plurally. That don't have an Ooh, S. Ooh, good. Like your Miami Heat's. What's if it was the Heat's? That'd be better. But you know your Heat. 
your Minnesota Wild, your uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Not a fan of these. Utah Jazz, most egregiously. Uh, yeah, that's um, that doesn't make sense for myriad reasons, but yes, goes along the same principle. So that's going to be my problem with gridlock. Fair enough, fair enough. Maybe your, uh, let's see, Washington. What, what other po- political things could we throw in here that might have the same effect? Uh, filibusters. Your filibusters. Your FBs. Your Washington filibusters. Hey, it could be like just the busters. Yeah, yeah. Busting makes you feel good, right? Get them. That's good. Plus, if they're bad, you know, straight buster. Yeah, or they were. Their team was a bust. I mean, that's probably not good. Well, all right, we'll we'll consider it. Uh, we'll get Padnam back in to uh, go over it as well. So, last year uh, was Jay Gruden's first year on the team. I believe it was RG 3s third year on the team. They didn't seem to coexist that well. Obviously, didn't have a good season. There was strife between them. Griffin hasn't looked good since his great rookie season. Um, when he was running around more and stuff like that, and he's tried to throw out of the pocket more now, which he's not that great at. Not. As well as that when he did do his style of running around, which was effective, he also kept getting hurt then, which is why he had to kind of change his game. What do you think about him specifically and him and the coach, Jay Gruden? Can they survive and thrive going forward in 2015? First, him specifically, like, I, I hate the Washington Bullets. But I am a fan of Robert Griffin the third. Like just watching him play, like those those highlights are like dazzling. I, I love that dude. But the highlights of him walking into the Olympic into the <laughs> I don't red to watch him die. Yeah. Last year before he got hurt, it was pretty bad. Like he was not good in the pocket. He's had a whole year to work on that uh, minus rehab time. I don't know if he's gonna if he's gonna keep getting along with Jay Gruden. Uh, it doesn't seem like they like each other. No, they've been throwing like really subtle shade in the uh, like in just their training camp interviews, mm-hmm. even this year already. And also, it doesn't seem like the team in general really likes Griffin. Some players have said certain things it about seems him, as if his attitude and things. So I don't know. Maybe they should just kind of cut bait there. But I don't know. I mean, he still should be a great talent uh, theoretically. Personally, I don't think Jay Gruden's a very good coach. I don't think they should have hired him to begin with. But yeah, I'm not sure what, what they thought they were going to get out of him. Now, they lost a Brian Arakpo this year. He's not back. Uh, they did bring in a big pot roast tonight in, Terrence Knighton, formerly of the Jags and uh, whichever team he was on last year. Oh, the Broncos, right? So I like him. Uh, they brought in Brandon Scherf. The O-lineman is good. They, they brought in a couple of guys from uh, the Niners, Deshaun Goldson and Chris Culliver. I think Culliver was like, he realized he was playing in San Francisco. Like, too many gay guys out here. What? Right. Wait a minute. Let, get... me, let me move to the nation's capital. The only gay guys over here are, are these uh, senators that are uh, on the low, you know, uh, yeah, doing yeah, yeah. things in, in public restrooms. They won't come down to the stadium. I feel more comfortable here. Weird public restrooms in the stadiums. Not, not a place for anything. <laughs> All right, so t- t- does with that, I, I think it seems like they got a, they're getting in a little more talent than they lost. Even though I, I liked their Agpo a lot, he's real good. Um, where did he go now? He went to the Titans, I believe. Which that that team is a whole other story. Not in this division though. But do you think Washington a will be better at all this year? Uh, and if they are better, will that be enough to not finish last in the division? Short answer, nah. Um, 
Like, I can see them winning maybe one or two more games. How many A's were in that? Nah, At least, like, like, seven A's. Okay. So it's pretty long. It's they're, they're not ready. They're not the team they were uh, when when they went to the playoffs with Griffin. Griffin's not the player he was when they went to the playoffs. It's, uh, I think it's still going to be a mess. And what's a record prediction, then? Five wins, five and eleven. So that would be a, technically an improvement. It's on an improvement. They went four and uh, four and twelve. All right, so that's that's just our a basic breakdown so far of, of the NFC East. So given what we've said, let's predict how this division is going to shake out. So we think Washington in last. I agree with that. We think Giants a third. I agree with that as well. Right? Strong third. So strong third. A, an unimproved third, but still third. Now, if it was to finish the same as last year, we'd have Philly 2, Dallas 1. But it seems like you're thinking it's not going to finish that way. Do you want to switch those around? Pessimistically, you know? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip those and say Dallas finished the second. All right, so uh, pull a grain of salt out of my Browns fan injuries and uh, put that over on Enam's Got you. Uh, opinion because he is a Cowboys fan. Uh, he is pessimistic. Uh, so you're saying... Philly, Dallas, Giants, Washington. And I'm going to say, even though I have some questions about Dallas and the mix of players they have in there now, losing some guys as well like Murray, I still think they're finishing uh, number one with a Washington bullet. With a Washington bullet, got him. So, no, I won't say that. I don't think it's that strong, actually, in my opinion. I do think Chuck Kelly could pull some things and maybe Sam Bradford does stay healthy. If that happens, maybe they should be the favorite. But I'm going to say it's, the division shakes out the same way. You want to switch the top two. That's fine. I mean, divisions normally don't finish the same, especially in yeah. the, the crazy old NFC East. Well, and the Eagles don't play the Packers or the Seahawks, which... The Cowboys do. You're yeah, yeah. All right, so that's another good piece of real insight there. Looking at the schedule... You say that the Dallas has a harder schedule, as I guess they should, technically should since they yeah, yeah, had a better season a last schedule. year. All right, well, I think that's going to do it then for our NFC East preview and for this podcast in general. Shut it down. Unless you have anything else you want to add in here, EA-NAM. Think I'm all tapped out, man. All right. Well, you don't have, don't, you don't have to literally tap out right, right now. You can keep your hand uh, at your side there. That's fine. All right. All right, uh, and how was your experience on Mr. Zarelevant colon, an NFL podcast, semicolon, a hard-hitting look at X's, O's, formations, serious NFL talk? I'm not going to repeat all that. That sounds dope. I had a great time. I had a great time. I hope your back's not too sore from carrying the pod, but I uh, tried to do my part. Uh, don't, you don't be so modest, Ian. Um, now, speaking of real Nam, how jealous do you think he's going to be that I have committed heinous podultry on him. I'm sort of worried he's going to find me in the streets of New York and fight me. That's probably going to happen. I'm just going to be 100% honest. You probably will end up, uh, we will have an Anam, Enam fight probably before the week is out or the month is out. That is if he ever decides to show up back at the headquarters. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe he'll just step in permanently because he won't come back. I think he will. I hope he will. But We'll see now. Uh, do you have any uh, plugs or anything? Do you have a Twitter you want to throw out? Anything like that? Man, I got nothing to plug. May- may- maybe maybe next time I'm on. Okay, okay. So I'll just say you can follow us at MRZ Relevant on Twitter. You can uh, hit us up on Facebook. Also, please check out the Brooklyn Rebound podcast. If you're listening to this and you're subscribed, if not subscribed, if you are subscribed, you'll be getting these podcasts and Brooklyn Rebound on the same feed. That's more of the NBA talk over there. 
So either one that comes in, you can listen to it, and we would appreciate it. And if for some reason you want to send us an email, you can send it to Mr's Irrelevant, M-I-S-T-E-R-Z-I-R-R-E-L-E-V-A-N-T at gmail.com. And that's going to do it for us at Mr's Irrelevant this week. A peace. Dancing on a Delta levee To a band of frogs and whippoorwills I lost my heart there One July evening And it's still there I can tell But when I do I will never be far from you You're in my blood and I know You'll always be Arkansas You run deep in me Uh, Those three Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, the other guy. (laughs) Oh, the other guy. I forgot his name. He's the best.